Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Randy, how's it yes. going? That's going all right. Um, I think, though, I may have recently contracted a case of the phage. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, but apparently um, my genome is pretty strong. So the, uh, the weird uh, kind of leprous aliens might be after me, so after this episode <laughs> uh yeah we saw star trek voyager season one episode 14 faces uh, original air date may 8th 1995 and this episode is all about the phage yeah you remember the phage it was it was a pretty big deal a couple episodes ago well, and now it's, it's back it's back yeah uh yeah let's just get to it so the episode opens up in a strange, dark room. Uh, we see a female Klingon being held captive. Uh, a stranger's voice talks about uh, something called a Regenitron and a Biomatrix. And when the camera pans over and uh, the Klingon comes into the light, uh, it's revealed that the Klingon is Torres, and she's full-on Klingon. Say what? crazy uh then it hits the opening credits uh, this was a pretty short um prologue uh, mm-hmm. i've got to say yeah apparently it's one of the shortest if not the shortest in well it's definitely the shortest in the the first season and i think that there's probably some trivia about it <laughs> being uh being really short but yeah it was it was like whoa uh wow you guys usually take your your good time getting into this stuff but I guess I figured, oh, that's pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place to hit the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back, there's a captain's log. Uh, we learned that Voyager was conducting a survey in the Avery system. And they're way, on their way back to a planet, the third planet in the system, uh, to pick up Paris, Torres, and Durst. Remember Durst? Oh, Durst from, you mean last episode Durst? Yep. Oh, contest winner. <laughs> That's what we decided he was called. Uh, yeah, they've been investigating a magnesite formation in this planet. So I guess Voyager just dropped them off and said, oh, we'll come back and pick you up later. Yeah, they kind of have got a long history of bad things happening when they go investigating inside of planetoids where there's supposedly deposits of helpful stuff. I'm just saying, just putting that, that out there. Yeah, yeah, they do that a lot. Uh, in the mess hall, Neelix gives Tuvok a bowl of supposedly authentic Vulcan soup. Neelix has been trying to give a taste of home to several crew members. We learn that Chicote likes corn salad and Paris likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Neelix is hovering over Tuvok as he eats, and Tuvok takes a bite, and it's spicy. Uh, Neelix added some spice to it because he thought the original recipe was too bland. <sighs> it's Neelix for you. Yeah, I know. He has to make everything about him. 
Uh, Tuvok mentions that messing with the original recipe is hardly a taste of home, which is some foreshadowing for later in this episode. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I guess we'll have to talk about that in a bit. Uh, just then, Chikote calls all senior officers to the bridge, and Tuvok gives his soup to Neelix. Because what else are you going to do with it? On the bridge, uh, Jinwei is told that they can't find Paris, Torres, or Durst. Uh, Tuvok says it's the Magnus site that's blocking their sensors. Kim tells Janeway that the landing zone has moved in the two days that they've been gone. <sighs> and Chakotay says they might be trapped due to the geological shifts. So he wants to go down to investigate. Tuvok says they could be trapped as well if they go down. But Kim suggests breadcrumbs. Uh, what he means by that is a trail of subspace transponders to keep track of them. So Chokote takes Tuvok and Kim on this away mission. So, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I've got to stop you there. But, I mean, basically, isn't this the same kind of scenario they encountered when they first ran into the Vidians? Uh, yes. Like, <laughs> they were looking for deposits of, of you know, things... Was, minerals or whatever they want. It was like it was dilithium. Dilithium, or yeah. Yeah, so they were looking for dilithium that they wanted. And I, I promise we're going to get back on track here in a second. But I just had to point this out. That basically, they beam down into subterranean caverns. The layout of which shifted. So at this point, it should just be like, red alert. Like, ah, oh, Vidian. Another Vidian underground complex. But anyways. Uh, yeah, nobody thought about that, apparently. <sighs> Cut back to the alien lab. Torres is strapped to a bed. Uh, her captor is Sulan, chief surgeon of the Vidians. Uh, she finds out that she is now pure Klingon because Sulan was trying to figure out if Klingons were immune to the phage. Uh, and so she finds out she's been infected with the virus. Cut to the prison cells. Paris and Durst are being held captive, and they're trying to plot their escape. Uh, a Talaxian, one of Neelix's people. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> he shows up. He's laughing at their plans, and he tells them that the prisoners are needed to dig tunnels, and if once they're too weak for the tunnel digging, they get their body parts taken. In the tunnels... Uh, some separate tunnels, not the tunnels being mined. Uh, in the tunnels, the away team of Chakotay, Tuvok, and Kim are looking around, setting up transponders. Uh, Tuvok detects evidence of five life forms where Paris, uh, Torres, and Durst should be. If there are five life forms, who are the other two, you know? <laughs> In Sulan's lab, Taurus is trying to fight the phage, and she's succeeding. In uh, Cut back to the prison barracks, where we see uh, another Torres show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's uh, brought in next to a sleeping Paris, and when she enters the light, we see she's full human. Whoa. Torres, human Torres, tells Paris that she woke up in a lab and all, had all her Klingon DNA removed. And we hear a little bit about her backstory, about how when she was a kid, 
she tried to hide her Klingon forehead because uh, she grew up on a colony where she and her mom were the only Klingons. And then her father bailed on her when she was five. And she thought that he left because she looked Klingon. So she tried to look human. Uh-huh. Um, but now she is full human, but she feels ill. Uh, she's not infected with the phage, by the way. She just feels gross because she is missing her Klingon half, I yeah. guess. Yeah. In the tunnels, the way team is still investigating, and they hit a dead end that should continue onward. Uh, Tuvok believes it's an illusion with a force field, and Tuvok recognizes the force field's energy signature as Vidian. Uh, they try to use their phasers to bust through. Uh, suddenly, some Vidians appear, so the way team uh, uses an emergency beam out to get out of there. They don't want their lungs taken away. Right. I mean, because we know what happens when you mess with the Vidians. You get hollow lungs, kids. Yeah, it's no fun. Uh, in Sulan's lab, Klingon Torres is trying to bust out of her restraints. Sulan visits, and she Torres tries to seduce Sulan in order to get him to release her. Oh, this was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's into it. Yeah. As we'll very. find out later. Mm-hmm. In the prison barracks, the guards enter and they take Durst away. To oh, right. He they're giving him a story that he's gonna go talk to the Voyager, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, they take away the not main character. Mm-hmm. Even though Paris says, oh, I'm the senior officer, you should mm-hmm. take me. On Voyager, they're looking for Vidian ships. And uh, Janeway asks, why can't you take down the force field with your phasers? Because that worked before. And Tuvok says, well, the Vidians have adapted. Janeway says that the Vidians can pass through the force field, which means so can they, uh, the Voyager crew. And she wants some simulations run so they could find the solution. In the lab, uh, Klingon Torres tries to escape. Sulan approaches, and he has Durst's face. Oh, man. And that was grim. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And uh, there you have it, folks. The the first, I think it was like the first death of a, of a Voyager crew member since they got to the Quadrant. And it is gross <laughs> yeah so basically got a, a, a face stretched on there but I, I was actually interested i thought it was interesting to learn that the actor is was the same actor both yeah i mean that, so. would, that would make sense because yeah you know. so he lives on <laughs> in sulan in the form of sulan yeah but uh i mean i wasn't expecting that level of grossness from a no voyager, so. i mean the the vidians in general are pretty nasty looking and so this was like next level nastiness yeah i mean they just cut his face off and then he just attached it to his own yeah it was like face off the movie <laughs> kind of yeah so but torres breaks free she strangles sulan uh but she hears some people entering the lab so she leaves on voyager there's a senior officer's meeting. Uh, Kim talks about micro fissures in the force field, and these fissures will allow them to transport one person through the force field. Uh-huh. So Chakotay volunteers, and uh, he's going to go undercover as a Vidian. So in sick bay, the doctor, 
is making him look like a Vidian. Well, finally, the doctor shows up. Yep, finally. Thank goodness. In the tunnels, Paris and human Taurus are mining. Uh, Taurus is exhausted, and the Talaxian gives her water. Taurus is realizing that she's getting terrified. Uh, she feels fear, and uh, she thinks the Vidians turned her into a coward. And Paris tells her to have courage before a Vidian shows up, and she gets taken back to the barracks because she says she's sick. The Talaxian gets grabbed by Cleon Torres, and she says she's looking for Paris, and uh, she learns that there's also a human female with Paris. In the barracks, uh, Taurus tries, human Taurus, that is, uh, tries hacking into the computers, but gets discovered. And Cleon Taurus saves her. In another part of the tunnels, Cleon Taurus has made a fire and prepared some food for human Taurus. And they have a conversation about their differing philosophies. Cleon Taurus believes in using brute force, and then human Taurus believes in thinking things through. So we see the embodiment of her own internal struggles and why she's angry all the time. <laughs> it's, it's kind of uh, ham-fisted. <laughs> kind of. Just a little bit. Yeah. Human Taurus says she found a way to access the force field and deactivate it, but she needs Klingon Taurus to cover for her. And Klingon Taurus suggests going back to the lab where they won't think to look, the Vidians won't think to look for them as opposed to going back to the barracks. In the barracks, uh, Paris gets rescued by Chakotay, and uh, Paris thinks that Torres and Durst are in the organ processing uh, building. Chakotay is almost found out, but he bluffs his way past the Vidian uh, by saying, oh yeah, I had a new face grafted on. <laughs> That's why you don't recognize me. But... Why is his new face look like rotting flesh? <laughs> Why does his new face look so bad? <laughs> wow, well, they did a lot. Maybe that's just, I mean, maybe that's just the way it is for the Vidians. No, they don't, they don't have a lot to work with, so. <laughs> they just use some old rotting face and. It's, yeah, it's like, they should have made him look like, they should have made it look like uh, Neelix or something. <laughs> like he'd have Neelix face crafted on. Yeah, so he blesses his way and they take, uh, and Paris or Chakotay takes Paris out of there. In Sulan's lab, Human Taurus is hacking into the computer when the alarms go off. Uh, Klingon Taurus fights off one Vidian, and then Sulan shows up. Sulan threatens to kill Human Taurus, but Chakotay comes to the rescue. Uh, Human Taurus disables the force field, and uh, they're about to beam out, but then Sulan fires his uh, weapon, and Klingon Taurus jumps in the way to protect them, and then mm. uh, they all beam out. On Voyager, Klingon Taurus dies in Human Taurus's arms. Mm. In Sick Bay, the doctor says he plans on reintegrating the Klingon DNA into Human Taurus. She says she doesn't want it, but the doctor tells her that she needs the Klingon DNA to survive. Uh, Chakotay asks how Taurus is doing, and she says she feels at peace, but also incomplete. Uh, and she admires the strength and courage of her Klingon side, but knows mm. she'll have to keep fighting with it for the rest of her life. As Chakotay leaves, Taurus touches her forehead. 
And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Roll credits. I actually like this episode, um, uh, despite its ham fistedness at times. Mm-hmm. It was good to get a Taurus episode. It was good to learn more about the Vidians. And like I said, it genuinely shocked me with how gruesome it was. I mean, I think the the Vidians, every time... I mean, this is the second time we've seen them, but both times are just so gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I thought that it was pretty ham-fisted in the way that they were trying to, you know, say, you know, basically, look at, you know, look at this character. Like, obviously, they wanted to go more... In, I mean, it's it's the norm for Star Trek that they, they, you know, have these episodes that focus on single characters, single, you know, individual crew members. And so they have to find interesting ways to kind of look at what makes them who they are, I guess, is mm-hmm. the right way to say it. Um, and so, I mean, it was a it was a clever way, definitely. And I guess it actually made a lot of sense, like, in terms of the plot and, and in terms of the Vidians. Um, so it was pretty smart. Um, you know, the reason why they would want to kind of make her fully, you know, cling on that sort of thing. I actually think, uh, one of the things I noted was that I actually liked fully cling on Torres a lot more than like <laughs> normal Torres. Well, normal, to- normal Torres was so, uh, physically weak mm-hmm. and we didn't get to really see her use her mental ability or mental strength that mm-hmm. much. Well, I mean, I like, I think I liked full cling on Torres more than just like Torres in any other episode, but I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause she was such a badass. Like, yeah, there's like yeah, one point was... where she just picks human Torres up and just like carries her off on her shoulder. But... Yeah, she's very decisive. She yeah. takes charge. Whereas, uh, regular Torres, she's just angry. She just seems like an angry teenager all yeah. the time. Yeah, like, she's not fully committed to being a Klingon. And then Human Torres, I don't know how you felt about this, but, I mean, she was just so weak. She was just, like, so wimpy. And it was just like, wow, like, are you, what are they trying to say? Like, humans are just wimpy, or? Well, they're just supposed to draw such parallels between them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're polar opposites of each other. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously, like you said that earlier in the episode with the soup, there's this foreshadowing of, you know, if you change the ingredients, it's not the same kind of thing. And so, you know, separating the two parts of Torres was kind of changing her ingredients. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not a bad episode. I don't think I, I, love the Vidian stuff because they're just so gross. And then it was cool to see like a full blood. Like anytime I see like a full on Klingon, I just I get kind of giddy because they're just so over the top and kind of, yeah. and kind of awesome. Like I'm not like a big Klingon fan. Like I don't like study Klingon. <laughs> I don't like dress up for conventions as a Klingon or anything, but I mean, I think they're pretty awesome. Um, so it was it was cool to see that side, and you know, poor poor Durst. I mean, come on, we were just introduced to him to, in the previous episode, um, and I don't think that necessarily that they introduced him an episode earlier to make you feel worse when he got killed. I think I don't know why they did that because it could have been just any random red shirt, right? Like, well, I, I actually, I mean, I do think that they introduced him. In that episode, yeah. just so you get to know him a little bit. A little? Like, you'd see him a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy from the previous episode, and then, ugh, peel yeah. his face off. 
Because, I mean, obviously they're not going to kill any of the main characters. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty. I guess part of some of the trivia I read that is technically as Durst is is a higher rank than than Paris. And so it's kind of weird when Paris says he's the senior officer. Well, I mean, he's invited to all the senior officers meetings. Oh, true. And Durst hasn't been yet, but that yeah. we know of. I don't know. <laughs> we just got to know you, Durst. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, okay. So there's kind of the Talaxian in the room here, <laughs> which is the fact that this episode had not one, but two of them. Yeah. Come on. I would say the newer Talaxian is a little less annoying than Neelix. Which is kind of strange, because the first time you meet uh, this this new guy, he's, like, he's just kind of, like, cackling, and, like, he's just kind of a total jerk. But then he's nice later on, he, like, gives him, you know, at least he's more committed to his, like, weird, he's, they're almost like hyena people. Yeah. They're yeah. just kind of always like, hee 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 and he wasn't petty. That was good. And he wasn't, like, <laughs> totally jealous of his girlfriend for the whole episode. Um, you know, one thing I thought about was, okay, so after the the Voyager crew uh, beams out, um, what happens to the rest of these poor fools in this place? Uh, I mean, they can't save them all, I They guess. basically left them all behind. Yeah. Like. Even though they took down the force field and could easily beam them all out. Yeah. I mean, as far as we know, they didn't save them. And you'd think like I'm pretty sure on Voyager they've got some phaser rifles and stuff. They could have sent like a security team down and like taken on the the Vidians, you know, and freed these people, but I don't know. Maybe there's probably some fan fiction out there about what happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's got to be. So uh, yeah, in the end Faceless Durst comes out and saves them all. Oh yeah. That would have been pretty gross if they showed Faceless. I'm pretty surprised, actually, given how gross this was, that they didn't show us Faceless Durst. Yeah, well, I kind of knew it was a wrap for him when they came to, to get him and say that, oh, yeah, uh, hey, come back here. Uh, we want to, uh, we want, you can, you can go talk to the Voyager. Yeah, that's it. I wonder if, um, uh, what's his name? Paris felt was like a little offended when he found out. Like, they picked Durst over me? They thought Durst was more handsome than me? It's like, no, it's just the same dude playing both characters. <laughs> it was easier. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty, it was a pretty interesting episode. And, and I was, you know, when they, this was definitely one that if I had seen it before, I didn't remember what happened. And so when the, um, when they revealed that it was Torres, I was like, what? There's obviously, why, how would there be any other Klingons in this quadrant, you know? Yeah, it's so. unless the Klingon ship somehow found its way to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, which would probably be another interesting, would be an interesting episode if that happened. This was an episode I had seen before, just based, I mean, I don't, I didn't remember the Vidian stuff that well, mm-hmm. but I did remember that Torres was split into two, you know, people. Two Torres, Torreses, two Tori. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I say give us more um, fully fully Klingon. I almost said fully Vulcan. <laughs> fully Klingon. That's going to be the next one. Is Torres something's going to happen, and Torres is going to be split into um, Klingon and Vulcan Torres? <laughs> so give us more uh, fully Klingon Torres. Give us more Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Sorely lacking Doctor. In this episode. I mean, there's got to be an episode where the Doctor gets turned into a real boy, right? Like... <laughs> He becomes, he's like Pinocchio, and he gets turned into a real human. Actually, there wasn't that much levity in this episode. 
uh, in general. No, the doctor isn't. Basically, no, there's. I want to say there's none. Well, I think the whole thing in the beginning with the soup is supposed to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, two, what's his name? Two, two says it's very piquant. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I thought it was too bland. And it looked like you could tell, like, two just like, I don't care what you do with it. Just like, get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat it. Anyways. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, it was, you know, it's a serious episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is fine. Yeah. You know. Don't need to all be, you know, the doctor goes gallivanting around saving the ship. Uh, it should be. It right. should be. It should be a whole show. It's just about. I want to show, I want at least one episode where the doctor meets, um, Mr. Rimmer from, uh, Red, from Red Dwarf, the hologram. That'd be awesome. But <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Nah, I think Voyager's over. Yeah, nor <laughs> and Red Dwarf somehow isn't. Or yeah. or the Doctor meets Doctor Who. Hmm. Yeah. But which one? Yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Next week we're gonna talk about the episode titled Jetrell. Ooh. Sounds like a character's name. Whole yep. episode. Uh that will be the penultimate episode of the season. Oh boy. And there is what we talked about last episode. We still have to make that decision. As we said last week, uh as we're wrapping up Voyager, we're kinda thinking where we're gonna go next with Trek Trek. What's our next trek? Mm-hmm. Which this? quadrant are we voyaging into? Oh uh, did you like that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so either we're going to continue Voyager, or we're going to try uh, Enterprise. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend maybe spend some time with good old Captain Bacula. But we're going to continue the podcast. Oh, of course. And, we have too uh, much fun doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be able to watch an episode of Star Trek every week. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the good old days. I mean, basically, Voyager was on once a week, <laughs> so we're just replicating the mid-90s at this point, except now we're podcasting. I don't think anyone in the mid-90s thought anyone would be podcasting. No. Ever. <laughs> so, thank goodness for 20 years past. <laughs>